Amen? Glory to Jesus. Um, I just want to read in Matthew chapter 21. I want to read uh, the first nine verses of Matthew 21. I wasn't going to do this, but I, I just, uh, this, is, this is what Palm Sunday, this was the first Palm Sunday. And it says in, in verse 1 of Matthew 21, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Um, Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And less than a week later, they were stoning him, killing him, taking him out, uh, ready to um, inflict a lot of deep pain on him. Uh, if you read on here, I mean, they were, they were acknowledging who he was and, and, you know, his greatness and all these things. And all of a sudden, in a short period of time, all the tables turned. And, you know, as I was reading that this morning, I was thinking... That's how life is. Things can be going in a really good way, and all of a sudden, it can appear like the tables are turned. But in this situation, we know that what was turned was, you're in my redemption. What happened was humanity that had been going in one direction for 4,000 years began to make a new direction because of his choice, because of what he chose to do. And you know, it was funny, they were all praising him, and he could have gone into the city and into the area there and just said a bunch of really nice things about the people and, you know, taken all their compliments and all those kind of things, but he didn't. First thing he did after this is he went in and, and cleaned out the temple. You know, he, 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 he spoke and preached some really tough things over this next week, uh, less than a week, he, he preached a number of really difficult to the point, you know, things and, 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 and brought to their attention some things that weren't right in their lives. And as a result of that, they, they turned on him and they couldn't handle what the truth was. You and I are in a place in our lives today that the truth is what sets us free. How many believe that in the house today? It's the truth of God's word that liberates us and sets us free. Um, a lot of people in the world, people throughout the world, have a real difficulty with the Bible. I was, I was looking and wrote these percentages down regarding, regarding the Bible in the United States. This isn't around the world. This is in the United States. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, 
I kind of wonder sometimes, who does these studies? Did anybody get a knock on your door to ask you how many Bibles you have in your house? Nobody knocked on my door. Anyway, um, but it says, the average household in America has five, well, it's 4.5 Bibles. So I just said five Bibles, you know. I don't know how you could have 4.5. You have four Bibles and one cut in half. But... The average house in America has five Bibles. And 90% of Americans have at least one. 90% of Americans have at least one Bible. Um, Yet, this percentage says, only 20% read their Bibles at all, and less than 10% read their Bibles on a regular basis read their Bible. I mean, like, actually take the Bible and open it up and read it. So, I want, I want you to think about that today based on what I'm going to share with you. I want you to think about, you, you know, we're not, we're not going to have you raise your hand or you come stand up here if you haven't read your Bible in the last week, you know what I'm saying. I just want you to think about how, how much you read your Bible. I'm not talking about doing a study in a, you know, some word study or, or, or whatever. I'm just talking about opening your Bible and reading it. How many of you open your Bible on a regular basis and you read it? It says here, on a regular basis, less than 10% actually read their Bible. Now, this isn't a message to bring condemnation today about reading your Bible and not reading your Bible. But it's a message talking about and, and, and bringing to you a greater understanding of how we need to be partaking and receiving what Jesus did for us. What this time of the year represents, what next Sunday represents to us is the fact that Jesus appeared to be gone and out and taken out, but rose on the third day. That there's, there's revelation and truth to that that we can look at and acknowledge or whatever, you know, and, and we, we have a, if anybody's ever seen the Passion of the Christ, you have a strong visual of that. Um, awesome movie. I remember when Passion of the Christ first came out, um, just several people that I knew, uh, friends or kind of acquaintances or whatever that really weren't Christians but went to the movie to see the movie, there was a number of people that made the comment that, you know, how could a good God do that to his only son? Well, that, that, and that's a good question. But that question comes from a person that doesn't know God. Can you say amen? Paul, Paul made this statement in first, um, in, um, where was I going? Second Timothy. <clears throat> Paul made this statement in 2 Timothy 1.12. He said, Paul said, For this reason I also, Paul himself, suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. I know in whom 
I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. He said, I know in whom I have believed. I know who I believe in. In other words, other words, if you, if you know somebody, then you have a relationship with them, not just about them. You and I, if, if, if you or I came together for the first time and we met each other, we shook hands or we hugged or whatever, and, and we met each other, that doesn't mean we know each other. And some people met Jesus 35 years ago and they don't know him. They don't know him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. He said, I've I've suffered many things, but it's because I know in whom I believed. I've been through many things, and it was Paul that said, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all. Why? Because he knew in whom he believed. See, he could trust him with God leading him through things, to another place, yet being delivered, yet being able to withstand difficulties in what he went through because he knew him, he had relationship with him, he didn't just know about him, he knew him. God wants you and I to know him. God wants you and I to know what Jesus really did for us. Now, we read this verse of scripture last week, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper in this today. Because what we're ultimately talking about is, and the title of our message is, God, the pursuit of mankind. Everybody's pursuing God. Everybody is. Some people wouldn't want to admit it, but they're pursuing God because they're looking for answers. You can't live on planet earth and not want to take your life and live here Not looking for answers. Why am I here? Who am I? Where am I going? What's life like after this this life here? I mean, you, you, you can't not have those kind of questions. So, the God that we know, the God of the Bible, if you're born again, you know that the God of the Bible is the only God. He said he's the only God, so we just, we're gonna believe what he said, right? And he's the only God, and so he created everybody, And on the tablets of every man's heart is written his laws or his word. So it's there inside of people that even aren't born again. So they're searching for God. They've got all kinds of questions that only he can answer. And yet, less than 10% of people that have a Bible read their Bible. And reading the Bible is the key to knowing God. Not just about him, but knowing him. So you can come in here every Sunday, and I can preach the word to you, and I can tell you little, you know, I mean, we, we have a short period of time when we come in here, and I'm sharing with you things today. So I'm putting stuff out there, and it's causing faith to grow. And what you're doing is you're learning about him, but if you don't take what I say, and you go to the word yourself, and you study it out yourself, and you develop a desire to know more of God then it won't work for you. You'll just know about him, be born again, you know. I mean, have a few victories here and there, but you don't really know him. You can't know him without relationship. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. First John 4, 8 says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is 
love. I said this last week. The world is looking for love. And they're looking for love in most situations in all the wrong places. Amen? People are looking for love everywhere, and that's not where you find it. God is love. Say that. Say it one more time. God is love, and everybody's pursuing God, so everybody's pursuing love, but most people don't know how to do it. Um, So, here, here to me is the difficulty with this thing called love. Here, here's the difficulty. The, the Bible defines love from Genesis to Revelation, through and through. The ultimate act of love we find in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And, the, and you have to break that down to you. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That they live in that life of God. You know, God desires for you and I to believe this. But when, when, when you think of this time of year and you think of what Jesus did, the best way I know of to get a greater revelation of what Jesus did is to read your Bible. Where would you read to find out more about what Jesus did? In the the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you get a count of what he actually did, what he did for us. Um, I'll just say this, and we've taught a lot through the years about how to develop your relationship and things with God, but there's two things that will strongly cause you day to day to know God better. That, that next Easter, if you'll do these two things, you'll know God in a greater way because it just works. It just absolutely works. Everybody say two things. Two things. I mean, two things isn't a lot, right? I mean, I could have given you just one thing, right? But I'm just going to give you two things. If you'll do these two things, if you'll do these two things, you'll know God in a greater way next Easter. Number one, Ready? Read your Bible. And number two? Ready? Pray. You got out of bed today to come to hear that? But again, you can know about that, and you can know that that's right, but to do it is a different thing. And I'm not, I'm not talking about doing word studies and those. I'm talking about opening your Bible and reading it. Read it. There's something that happens when you read your Bible. Um, in the study that I, or, or the, the stats that I looked at about how, how many people read their Bible on a regular basis... The reason, the number one reason that most people don't read their Bible is because it's confusing. Anybody ever thought your Bible was confusing? Come on, raise your hand. You're lying if you're telling me you haven't. Because sometimes, I mean, you know, especially if you get into Exodus in there and it's like, crud, what are they talking about? You know, what does this have to do with me? Absolutely nothing. Amen? That was for them. 
I mean, you, you can glean from it, but it had much of what is written in certain passages of the Old Testament it really didn't have a whole lot to do with you, especially until you know who you are. You need to know who you are. You need to read and meditate on what, what uh, the Apostle Paul and his writings did because he was sent to the Gentiles, was he not? And so we need to know who we are. But if you don't open your Bible and read it and learn how to pray and the best way to pray, we've been teaching on this on Wednesday nights for a long period of time about the Spirit of God. The best way to pray is to pray in the Spirit and then learn to pray in the understanding. Get, get the understanding of what it is that you're praying where God reveals to you certain things that you need to know. We need that. Everybody needs that because we need to know Him, not just about Him. But what's difficult to know Him, who is love, to know Him, then we have to operate in love. And, and love is very difficult. Love is very difficult. Because when you get right down to it, what you have to do is you have, for, for you to really see, really see rewards and to really see progression in your life, you have to love unlovely people. Listen, one of the big ploys of the enemy is this. He's going to come to you all the time and convince you that a certain person doesn't like you and that those people not only don't like you, but they talk about you all the time. Well, you know, that she does this or he does that or this. They said this. I, I, know they, I know they are. I know they are. Well, see, when you're focused on that kind of stuff, you're not walking in the love of God. See, because what Jesus did, he saw everything that you and I did, and he loved us anyway. Jesus saw all the people that left him and forsook him and took advantage of him, talked bad about him and did all the things that they did and he loved them anyway. He laid his life down for them. But if you don't read your Bible and you don't learn how to pray, you can never do that. It's impossible. You can do it for a little while and you can do it in certain situations. But the really tough cases, eh, you'll fail. Miserably fail at it. And things get worse and worse and there's more unforgiveness and more bitterness. And yet, what Jesus, what this time of season represents is what Jesus accomplished for us. But he didn't just accomplish it for us. He empowered us to live it. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. What did he know? I know the love I have believed. Now, when you say that you believe in God, I know in whom I have believed, how many in here today are believing for something? You're believing for something. Okay? So, uh, uh, don't raise your hand when I say this. So, how many are believing for prosperity in your life. Don't raise your hand, just, just you can think, okay, that's me. How many are believing for healing in your life? How many are believing for loved ones to be saved or people, friends of yours that you're ministering to or those kind of things? Well, <clears throat> so let's say it like this. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed 
And I know he is the God of prosperity and that he desires for me to prosper. So I know that I am prospering because that's his will. So every time, so when you make the comment, I know in whom I have believed, I know I have a right to healing because I know in whom I have believed, God so loved the world that he gave his best, he gave his only son, that I would live and be empowered to overcome anything that comes my way because Jesus made a choice in the garden to not choose his will but to choose the will of the Father. And when he chose the will of the Father, he empowered me to be able to overcome. So when I say, I know in whom I have believed, that's who I believe in. And I believe it's his will for me to prosper, to be in health, to be at peace, to be an overcomer, to be strong, to be everything that his word says I am. That's to believe. Come on, give God praise for that. All those things we have a right, we have a right to because of what Jesus did. That's what this time of year represents. This time of year represents the decisions and the choices that he made to position you and I to be able to overcome and accomplish all that he desires us to, to accomplish. But to believe in God, to know him, <clears throat> is to experientially know the walk of love. It's to know the walk of love. Because if I don't walk in love, then I don't love him. Look what it said in verse 8 of 1 John 4. He who does not love does not know God. I used to read that and think, man, that's really hard. Well, you know, I didn't love in that situation right there, so I guess I don't know God at all. Where you're not walking in love, you don't know God in that situation or you wouldn't do that. You know what that means? That means you wouldn't put your mouth on somebody. I don't care what they've done. I promise you, there's nobody living today that's ever done anything that Jesus did not already take care of. And what, what God needs is somebody that will walk in the footsteps of Jesus and in this love walk lay their life down for somebody instead of believing the worst, well, you know, they think this about me, they say this about me, they do this and all this. Instead of believing the worst about somebody, shutting all those thoughts down by Getting in your Bible on a daily basis. I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about every day. Just read your Bible. I always tell people, when people come to me and ask me, well, how, how, do, you, how do you read the Bible? Well, I tell them, number one, if you've never read the Bible, you don't start in Genesis. Because about the time you get to chapter 49, you'll quit. <clears throat> no, you start in the epistles. You start in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Very short chapters. But what you find out in there is what Paul wrote about who we are in him. That's how you find out. And that's how you come to a place where you know him. See, because to know him is to know love and to know the love walk. That's to know him. And so every day I'm faced with opportunities 
to not walk in love. Five, six times this week. <clears throat> I had situations. You, you, know you know how something in your life can change from day to day? A- actually, from one hour to the next. Everything can seem to go good. And you can get a, call, you can get a phone call about something. Maybe you're going to have a family get-together and you realize somebody you didn't like is not coming. And man, I mean, you're excited about going. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden you get a phone call that, that you know, ugly's showing up. And now all of a sudden it wants to shut you down. Listen to me. I'm just using this as an example. But, but, but apply this to any, any situation in life. There is the opportunity to begin to step into the love walk and do what love does. You cannot say, well, yeah, but in this situation, it's di-. no, no situation is different. You either choose to walk in love or you don't. You either choose to walk in love so that you come to a place that you know him and you're convinced of him and you're confident in him, not in everything else, or you don't. I don't want to live... I will not live my life here apart from being empowered to know him. And when I, when I say I know him, not only do I know him, but I know that it's him that prospers me. I know it's him that heals me. It's him that did this to me. He did this for me. He did this for me. Because these, these branches represent <clears throat> this Sunday, this day, that he came into Jerusalem and they rejoiced, and you know, actually what they said was exactly true. That's who he was. And then they wanted to take him out. But this represents who he was. Hosanna to the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to liberate all of mankind. Can you say amen? <clears throat> That's what I want to believe in. I want to believe that he really did that. So <clears throat> I want to live my life to a place, can you live your life to a place that nobody can ruin your day? Can you live your life that no human being on planet earth can ruin your day, but actually you can live your life to make other people's lives better? I will not believe the worst. I will not believe what my head is telling me they're, they're thinking about me. I will not believe the worst in that situation. And, and actually what I'm going to do is pray. I'm going to pray in the spirit. Then I'm going to pray with the understanding. You know how many times when I handle a situation like I'm telling you, I'm not telling you I handle every situation like this, but I will not stop till every situation I handle exactly like I'm telling you. I will not stop. But every time I pray in the spirit, the Lord reveals to me what the truth is about the situation that my head is telling me is going on. And nine and a half times out of ten, what I thought someone thought about me is not really what they thought. And you might say, well, you know, it's about six and a half with me. Not really. No, what the devil is doing is, there's a real devil out there. What the devil is doing is he's convincing humanity that what you see is more real than who you know. He who does not love does not know God in that area where he's not walking in love. 
Because God is love. And what does that mean? That God has already walked in love in every situation and covered every issue that you and I will ever face with anybody ever. So you and I have the capability of living our lives where no human being can ever ruin our day. Because of what we choose to do with what comes to these ears. It doesn't line up with the word, I reject it. I will shut that thing down. Um, The other day, something that is not necessarily, or, or the, the, the world that I'm talking about, you know, there's different worlds that you live in. I mean, there's, with me, there's the church and ministry world, but there's also, uh, there's the golf world that I came from that I still live in at different times with different people because I have ministry to, to that world and God's given me open doors in those ways. Then there's other worlds over here and other people and other people that you get around and, and, and there's just different worlds that you live in. Anybody live and minister to people that you grew up with years ago? There's another world there, right? That's one of the things social media does is it gives you opportunity to connect with people that you, know, that you would have never seen. You'd have left planet Earth and never seen people, but social media is giving you the opportunity to connect with people. So there's different worlds that we live in. Well, one of those worlds, which is not the church world, ministry world, per se, um, in that world, a friend of mine that knew somebody else that was pretty influential in that, in that world, a friend of mine told that person that I could help them. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so it's, 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 a, it's another one of those worlds. And ask if that person could call me. And so I say, that's fine. And so that person called me. And when that person started telling me what my friend said about me, everybody got the picture? Okay. I felt uh, kind of important. Would you? I felt there was a good sense of feeling inside of me that my friend saw something in me that could help somebody else. Is that a good thing? Right? Now, turn that, I'm just using, I just actually thought of that as I was standing up here. But turn that into God and your relationship with God and knowing God. Does God love everybody? Does he? You believe God loves everybody. Well, because the Bible says he does. Right? God loves everybody. But God's influence doesn't work in and through everybody. So, could you say that God plays favorites? Okay, let, let me ask you this. So, I have four daughters... Could any of my daughters be my favorite? 
Just, just think, just think. Could they? <clears throat> so, this isn't the way it is, but let's just say. Let's say that um, my three oldest daughters agree with me. They, 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 there's a place of agreement. They, they share my values or whatever, those kind of things. And let's just say that um, Olivia doesn't. And Olivia gets to a certain age and she decides to go in totally different direction than, than what my values are. Does that cause me to love her less? No. But does she have the influence and the way into my and, my and her mother's life? Does she have access into our life as she chooses different values and chooses to live a life that is not with where our convictions are? Would her influence be as strong as her other three sisters? No. But does that change the way that we love her? Absolutely not. But does she have influence into our life and will, will, will we be condoning of certain things or ways that she lives her life? No. But do we love her any less? No. So do we play favorites in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to favor my other three daughters because they're in agreement with us. They've been obedient in situations, and all of my daughters are that way. I'm just using this as an example. So think about God. Does God play favorites? Does God love anybody more than he loves, love one any more than he loves anybody else? No. He loves everybody the same. His love for you cannot be stopped because of your mistakes, and people think that. But what you do day to day with the materials that God has given you determines the influence and the access that you have into the throne and into a relationship with God to get to know Him. Does He play favorites in the fact that, well, I I gave this one an upper hand because that's where they were born and they had this color skin or they had, that's a bunch of junk. None of that None of that fits with the nature of God. But what God looks for is people to develop faith and a confidence and a trust in Him so that they get to know Him so that He can do through them what He wants done in the earth. God wants some things accomplished in planet earth and He needs you. Hmm? Remember how the slogan that Uncle Sam needs you Right? Well, I'm telling you, uh, yeah, Uncle Sam does somewhat, but I'm telling you, God needs you like no other. He needs you and I because we all have different areas of life that we step into, and God needs us. But where He needs us is people that are willing to lay our preferences down and our will down and lay our life down for the good of other people. When a person has unforgiveness, when a person stirs up strife, 
Like if you're on a job somewhere, and at that job, everything's good except that one person. Man, if she wasn't here, if he wasn't there, man, it would just be so good. Because they do this, and they manipulate this, and they they work against this person, and they, they plant ugly seeds and thoughts and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, and the devil's over there saying, man, they're talking about you and, 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 and she or he's going to the boss and saying all this stuff about you and all this kind of thing. And then you get stirred up about it. Listen to me. The more stirred up you get, the more access it gives to the devil. Just watch. It's a spiritual battle. But what happens is, what happens if you choose to love that person no matter what they do, I don't care how they act or anything else, and you choose to love them, you choose to get in your word every day and read and listen, let God... Remember, these are God's words to you. So when you read this, then he'll, he'll, all of a sudden, something in what you read will begin to speak to you. It'll give you power to deal with your situation. Let's just say at work. And then, what would happen... If you started every day praying for that person, and I'm not talking about a prayer like, God, get them. (laughs) What if you started praying in the Spirit and God began to show you how to do things? What if God told you, you know what? Um, Bring them a Starbucks because you knew they liked Starbucks. Now, if they don't like Starbucks, don't bring them a Starbucks just because it's popular. But maybe you find out, and, and all of a sudden you just leave a cup on their desk. And, and what if they don't even know who brought it? What if, what if those things like that that God began to tell you to do? Listen, you see how proactively you get involved in loving instead of being on the defensive about what other people are doing against you and how they want to hammer you and hurt you? God did what he did in sending his son to liberate you and I to empower us to live this exact lifestyle. He so loved us and Jesus chose in the garden us over what was best for him. Did you hear what I said? When he said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He was saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go the easy route. I'm going to go the route that's more difficult. I'm going to lay my life down for all these people. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm struggling with wanting to do it, but I'm going to do it. Is this easy? If this is easy, everybody would be doing it. People make multi-level marketing company out of it and making money off of it. If this was easy, this isn't easy. This is the most difficult thing ever. It's the most difficult thing that Jesus ever faced in his life. I mean, bar none. But it accomplished your and my redemption and liberty. And today I'm telling you, God wants you and I and all of humanity liberated and free. He wants people liberated and free. And he wants people free because you choose this walk of love. To know him. To know him in the walk of love will cause everything else that you're believing God for to line up and come to pass. It'll all just line up. It all comes to pass. If you don't, listen to me. If you don't think that an attitude that you have towards one individual, as I'm talking to you right now, I promise you, most everybody in here has got somebody in their mind. If you don't think that that thing is stopping some of the blessing of God flowing to you in your life, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? 
Try it. Lay your life down. Believe God for these people. Stop those thoughts in your head. Read your Bible every day. Pray in the Spirit and pray with the understanding. I promise you this stuff works. God set it up this way, and this is the way God created the world to work and to operate. Everybody walking in love. You know, I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you that you don't have reason to be hurt by what other people have done to you. I'm not telling you you don't have a reason to be offended, to be bitter, to hold things in. I'm not telling you you don't have a reason to. I'm telling you, we got to go past our reasoning minds and we got to dig out of our heart the Word of God and allow ourselves to be liberated and free from this so we can help other people. Remember, this is about helping others. Now, it's not about me. It wasn't about Jesus when he made his choice because had it been, and his will was to not do it, had it been, you and I wouldn't have been liberated and free. And listen to me, he had the ability to choose. And so do you and I. Every day, we have the ability to choose. How about you? I'm choosing life. Can you say amen to that? Now, I just, I want to just touch something in 1 Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians 9, and then we'll end with this. 1 Corinthians 9, and we'll we'll come back to this next week. We're going to look at this in the Message Bible. So I don't know why I'm turning there in my New King James. First Corinthians nine and verse nineteen in the message. <clears throat> so to me, I, and, and I like these four verses right here in, in the message. Um, I like the way the message words this. But to be this person as Paul was and as Paul became, he had to evolve into this person. To be this person, you have to know him. Not just about him. You have to know him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. You have to know in whom you believe in. And in knowing him, you can allow the expression of his nature to flow through you and to touch other people. And, and I feel like these four verses in the message really demonstrate what that, what that looks like. He said, even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to re- reach a wide range of people, religious Non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. You can put whoever in there. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I met into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message, because of the word. I didn't just want to talk about it, 
I wanted to be in on it. I want you and I to be in on this thing in this day and hour. I want, I want the people at gates of the city to be in on what God is doing in the last hour. Listen to me. You can appear to be doing all kinds of things. And, and in the old story, the old analogy between the, the tortoise and the hare and, and how the rabbit ran everywhere and did all kinds of things, you can appear to be doing a lot. But if you don't know him, and you're not, you are not focusing at times on the real issues in your life where you're not walking in love, if you're not focusing and removing those areas of life, then, then, then it's creating a bottleneck. And it's creating a hindrance from God's blessings flowing to you in your life. I know it. I've seen it. And the more that I've shut it down and not given place to it. Listen, what, what the number one thing that wants to replace your faith and your confidence in God and your development, your development into a, a, a life of really knowing God, the number one thing is fear. And when you're dealing with people and issues and situations in relationships with people, the fear a lot of time is that you're afraid that people are going to get away with something. And you know, God created us. I got the badge. I'm the sheriff in town to make sure that everybody gets their comeuppance. That's God's job, and he can do a whole lot better job than you and I can do. Can you say amen? He can do a whole lot better job than you and I can do in making sure that people get what they deserve. But I'll just tell you right now, (laughs) I thank God I didn't get what I deserved. Huh? So we got to treat other people the same way. And the more you do it, you get your focus off yourself. You know what what leaves you? Jealousy leaves you. Competition will leave you. Um, all, All different types of of personality traits, you know, unforgiveness, being so quick to, to not forgive someone, you know. I told, I told uh, uh, yeah, I didn't anyway, you know, I mean, the, 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 there's a temptation to, to want to uh, hold something against an action of another person. And a lot of times, a lot of times, the action that was in your presence wasn't even directed towards you. It's amazing how people get offended about something that didn't even have to do with them. I don't know. In, in some ways, it kind of thinks, it, it looks like we think a little too highly of ourselves and we should. We're not all that. God is, but we're not. So we got to lay this thing down. I want to be in on this. Can you say amen? God wants you and I in on what the Apostle Paul is talking about right here, about becoming all things to all people to see them one and brought into the kingdom of God. God wants people liberated and free. And to do that, we've got to walk this love walk and, and be conscious of this love walk like nothing else. Because at the end of the day, it's about knowing Him. Knowing in whom I believe. Not in just what I believe. It's not enough. My confessions are good, but they need to be leading me towards whom I believe in, to my relationship with Him. That's why. What are the two things? The two things that will cause you to know God in a greater way is to read your Bible every day. 
Read your Bible every day and pray. I'm going to tell you this. I told you a minute ago about reading your Bible. To read, read the epistles, the Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians is a great place to start. Um, to read the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews is another really great place to start and to read if you're, if you're not reading on a regular basis. But you know what I do? I, I don't rush through something. I want to get something. And every year I'll read through the epistles. I mean, I've read them through years of time and time again, but it's not, it's not what I read years ago that matters. It's what I'm reading now, right? And just reading the Bible through will do something to you. But I like to read certain passages of Scripture through once or twice or three times. I'll just go through and read all those four books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'll read those through, all of them, and then I'll read them through again and again. Because you, you can't get too much out of the scripture. And, 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 and it's, what's so funny is, I don't know how you get something new every time you read it, but you just do. Because it's the living word of God that is there to minister what you need in the moment. Can you say amen? And when we pray and we believe God for things in our lives, there's no end to what can happen. God wants you and I liberated and free. So we are so grateful today so grateful and thankful for what Jesus did for us so grateful for that triumphal entry entry into Jerusalem that Palm Sunday coming to bring the word he brought some difficult things he went through some horrible torturous acts against his body against his life but he did all of that to liberate you and I and to set us free So, Hosanna to the King. Amen? Great is His name and worthy is He to be praised in our midst. How many believe that today? Amen?